each morning at this time I'll offer often some reflections about working with particular experiences or exploring different aspects of our practice. Sometimes it'll be in the form of a dharmet, a brief dharma talk. Sometimes it'll be more in the form of a guided meditation. This morning I thought I'd speak a little bit about a few experiences in our meditation that tend to be challenging for us, tend to be places where we get caught or lost easily. (coughs) Sleepiness, restlessness, and thoughts. All three of these are areas where we tend to have habitual relationship to those experiences of non-mindfulness. And because of that, we may think that it's not possible to be mindful of those experiences, or that they're somehow inherently problematic in our meditation. How many of you have had the thought, I can't be mindful while I'm this sleepy, for instance? And so I'd like to just explore what it might mean. Again, there's always this trade-off that we need to explore with wisdom whether it's appropriate to explore being present for an experience, a difficult experience, or whether it's appropriate to do something, to take an action. And with sleepiness and restlessness and thoughts, very often we quickly move to taking an action. And so again, I'd like to suggest that you might want to explore the possibility, at least, that it might be possible to be aware of these experiences before taking an action. So try it out, play with it. Again, I've used this analogy of playing in our meditation. If we think of the whole practice as just a playground, it becomes less of a a do or die situation around, oh, there's sleepiness, oh no. It's like, oh, well, let's play with sleepiness. If you play with sleepiness and fall asleep, so be it. It's just sleepiness. And so explore, experiment, play with the edges of those places where it's hard for you to be mindful. See if it's possible. And if those states start to overwhelm or you quickly lose mindfulness, then perhaps using some of the tools to take, uh, take your, uh, make your attention brighter or open your eyes or take a walk or do what the things that we often do around these 
difficult states. Things that I talked, some of the things I talked about yesterday afternoon, working with difficulty. So, so this is an area, this exploration of experiences that we habitually think that we cannot be mindful of. This is an area I really like to push the boundaries on in my own practice. There's any experience that I think can't be mindful of that. Spacing out, for instance, seems like inherently the non a non-mindful state, but not necessarily. It's possible to be present as the mind does that. So this is a this is an area that I always question it. If I think it's not possible, I I I, I don't believe that thought anymore. I begin to explore how might it be possible, trying over and over again to stretch the boundaries to have mindfulness go into areas that I thought it was not possible to be mindful of. It's way more possible to be mindful than you can possibly imagine. It's just amazing what we can be mindful of. And so sleepiness possibility of being mindful of sleepiness. Often when we're sleepy, it's like we're, we're working at odds, also with restlessness I'd say, we're working at odds with what the mind is doing. When the mind is sleepy, it has low energy, it's often not that interested in doing investigation or meeting particular objects clearly. The state of mind itself is kind of foggy or um, uh, unclear. The state itself has a, a, a kind of a, a misty quality to it. It's like the fog in the mornings here. Again, I mentioned yesterday this different objects, you know, some objects being very clear, very precise, you can just like draw a circle around them and say, yes, that's that sound, or yes, that's that sight. With sleepiness, you can't really draw a circle around it. It's just a mist. It's just a very vague object like the Milky Way. And so, trying to like pin it down, it's like mercury, you're not going to be able to pin it down, you know, it's just it'll just kind of not be uh, very clear. And so like the fog in the morning, you know, it's just, it's just, it's like, it's just the, 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 uh, the vibe or the, I can't think of the word, there's some word I'm looking for. It's just the, milieu. <laughs> it's just what, what we're in, this fogginess. And if we're trying to, in when it's foggy outside, for instance, if we're trying to see really clearly every leaf on a tree, we're not going to be able to do that. And likewise, when we're in a sleepy or foggy or dull state of mind, if we're trying to really clearly see the breath or experience some sensation. Often we're, we're, we're trying to, with the sleepy or dull mind, to do something with that mind. 
And that sleepy mind may or may not have the capacity to do that. Looking out the window on a foggy day, we can't see the trees clearly, but we know our eyes are working. We know the fog. And so likewise, the possibility of being aware, just simply, ah, sleepiness is happening. Again, we don't need to be precise or pin it down or figure out it, figure it out, but just to know, ah, this is the experience of sleepiness, aware of sleepiness. That's enough. And keep, keep noticing, as you notice that, as you notice the aware of sleepiness, you might notice various things in your experience. Again, it's not so much trying to figure out what's happening, but you're sitting there noticing, oh, sleepiness, that's what's happening. And you might notice the body being kind of relaxed or soft. So there's some bodily impact. You might notice a kind of a quality in the mind that feels like it's, uh, well, it's a pleasant quality in the mind, perhaps. And this is another aspect around uh, uh, working with sleepiness, is that if we are um, fighting sleepiness, if we think it's a problem, it's probably gonna feel really unpleasant. But when we start to just simply know it for what it is, without resistance, it's often really pleasant. And so this is an area we can really begin to recognize how our attitude alters the experience. Also checking the attitude with sleepiness really helpful. What's the relationship? Do I, do I want it to go away? Perhaps I re- once we start to, to get familiar with it, we can kind of get into it. And we can like it. It's like, oh yeah. And then we can get lost in the liking of it. And so playing with it, playing with the possibility of awareness, of sleepiness. If you find that after playing with this for a little while that you end up just to sleep on your cushion, then it's probably time to open your eyes, maybe take a walk. Sometimes I find sitting up a little more straight can help bring in some energy. Using some of the tools that help to counteract that low energy. Restlessness also is a state of mind that often we feel like, you know, if the mind is restless, it's jumping from thing to thing to thing, and we may kind of inherently feel like that's a mind that's not present when it's restless in that way. But again, can we take a step back and just understand this is what the experience of restlessness is. Again, we may be having the idea that we need to clearly know every single thing that the mind is doing or noticing. Kind of this is stepping back and noticing the state of the mind. The state of the mind is restless. 
Yesterday I was at a place in, a, in my meditation and I noticed the restlessness and I noticed at first it was it's kind of like, oh yeah, it's restless. I was kind of just kind of hanging with it in this resigned way. It's kind of like waiting it out. There's kind of this attitude of, well, I'll just wait this out. It was not really clearly mindful, but it wasn't completely non-mindful. One of these more or less mindful places that Joseph Goldstein talks about. But I noticed that. I noticed that kind of more or less mindful quality. And just kind of, okay, what's what's going on here? Okay, well, there's restlessness and I don't like it. Like, oh, right, okay. Restlessness and not, not liking is happening. And with that, recognizing the not liking, that kind of came out of the, you know, the filter it's like, oh, not liking is, it was seen. As the not liking was seen, the not liking fell away, and I was just left with the restlessness. It was unpleasant. Restlessness does tend to be unpleasant, unlike sleepiness. Restlessness does tend to be unpleasant, and I think that's what the mind was doing. It was trying to, like, detach from the discomfort of that, of that restlessness. But once I could just be there without the not liking, it's just like, oh, right, this is... This is knowing restless mind. So there was a little bit of that unpleasantness, and yet the, the okayness, the non-problem of just knowing the restlessness, just like, this is just, this is just knowing. This is just the awareness of the restlessness. The whole experience shifts when we can simply know what's happening with wise attitude, with that attitude of balance. Sometimes with restlessness, depends on how your mind works with restlessness, sometimes the energy feels so big with restlessness, it's almost like there's this subtle habit of like trying to contain that energy. It's like, mm, I better not let this get too big. It'll go crazy if I let it get too big. Well, actually it's um, trying to kind of contain it. It's like putting it in a pressure cooker. It's almost more agitating and so sometimes if we have the experience of just really letting our awareness go wide, sometimes with, with restlessness it's like we're subtly, and it's an attitude, it's an attitude of better hold this in. And if we can let that attitude be and just allow the restlessness, it's like our attention can get very wide. And it's almost as if the restless energy has way more space it's like giving a young colt a big pasture in which to run off all of its energy. And so a, a wide attention can be really helpful for restlessness. Then with thoughts, I talked a little bit about this last night, and I'm just going to remind you mostly of some of the pieces I mentioned 
yesterday about working with thoughts. First of all, thoughts are a very natural function of our mind. You know, the eye's uh, responsibility is to see visual forms. So that's the function of the eye. The mind's functions, got a lot of functions, the mind. Um, one of those is to produce thoughts. And one of those is to know what's happening. And so the mind itself will do its job of producing thoughts, of producing emotions. And the mind also can know those thoughts and emotions. It's a little bit different from the other sense bases where the objects of the other sense bases are kind of external. The sights are out in the world and then the eye sees it and then consciousness will create an internal representation of that sight. But the original object or the original thing that the eye is responding to is outside of us. In, in the, the mind, both the, the mind both produces thoughts and knows thoughts. So it's a, it's a little more hmm, confusing. And sometimes people have the notion that, well, if I'm thinking, I can't be mindful. Again, you know, this idea that the mind, the mind is doing something, it's thinking, and so how could it possibly be mindful? Again, this is, a, this is an idea and question these beliefs. It is possible to be mindful while thinking. And it's also a great example of not self, of how, as the Buddha, to paraphrase the Buddha, the mind is not self. If the mind were self, it would be possible to say of the mind, may the mind be thus, may the mind not be thus. We cannot simply say, stop thinking, mind. The thoughts that arise are arising from conditions. It's just conditioned phenomenon coming up. Of all the things we think are self, we think, often think something about our thoughts as me or mine, and yet it's it's so it, it's actually a really um, if we if we start to look at it, it's a really great place to recognize. Wow, I have n- I have not got control over those thoughts; they're just coming up. So it's a great place to recognize the impermanent, out of control, not self nature of of the mind. So. We can't stop thinking necessarily. There are things that we, there are conditions that we can create that will, there are conditions that can be cultivated that will reduce the number of thoughts in the mind and meditation is is one of those conditions that tends to slow down the thoughts in the mind. And yet thoughts continue to arise. And so learning how to be mindful of them, learning that it is possible to be mindful of them, 
this is one of the areas in particular that really helps to carry into daily life. If we have the idea that we cannot be mindful while thinking, huge chunks of our daily life are out of bounds for mindfulness. And so the first thing to recognize when you notice that you're thinking is just, this is the mind doing its job. A thought is just a thought. So just knowing that, okay, thinking is happening. The mind is producing these thoughts. So you're becoming aware in this way of a natural functioning of the mind. The mind is thinking. And as I said yesterday, one helpful way of um, noticing that it is a process of mind rather than kind of being engaged in the content is to notice the modality. Be aware of how the mind is thinking. It's thinking through images. It's thinking through speaking to oneself. It's thinking as if it's things are being heard like a radio. At times I found it useful even to actually use a little mental note around the modality. So if I'm seeing thoughts as images, I actually use the note seeing. Now I know I'm not, I know I'm not actually visually seeing, but it's, it's kind of acknowledging how the mind is knowing thought seeing is happening or hearing is happening. I will sometimes actually use a little note around thoughts that way to acknowledge the modality rather than the content. See that the, another important piece about thoughts is just seeing if you can recognize that it's simply something that's happening right now. A thought is something arising in the present moment. Thoughts of the past, they're not the past. It's a phenomenon arising now in the present moment. Thoughts of the future are not the future. It's just a phenomenon arising now in the present moment. As we move into the content of thoughts, it's very easy to be fooled into the world of those thoughts, to believe the reality of those thoughts. It's like, you know, it's like this bubble that's created. It's like the thoughts create their own little world and then we move into that world and inhabit it. It's a little bubble of delusion. So it's very, again, that's a habit. It's a habit of mind to move into that bubble and lose mindfulness. It's not necessary to lose mindfulness while thinking. And we can be aware even of the content. So yesterday I said that in meditation we, you know, we um, can set aside the content largely. Well, there are areas in our day here where we do need to think, you know, small ways, you know, planning about, um, you know, when you're going to take a shower or, you know, just things like this, you know, simple things. Or, you know, sometimes those thoughts come unbidden from the past or projections to the future, those thoughts come unbidden. And it can be uh, really helpful to acknowledge a little bit the content. 
Saito Utejaniya gives a suggestion, you know, 50% of the attention on what's happening, so the content of the thought, you know, and 50% of the attention on how that is impacting you. It's like, it's like running on two tracks. There's the thought and then there's the, the impact that it's having, and you can be aware of both. Now again, much of the time in meditation, we don't need to let those thoughts run. You know, sometimes we can set them aside, but sometimes we don't have a lot of control over that. Sometimes those thoughts are just running. And if that's happening, rather than getting frustrated and trying to force the thought to stop, okay, yep, that thought's going. And how is it impacting the mind and body? It's like, again, the bigger picture, the thoughts running and how's, how, is, how is it landing? How is it impacting the system? Is it creating tension? Is there other bodily sensations, other, emo- other mo- emotions arising? And again, it doesn't have to be this digging kind of investigation, but more of kind of a broadening. It's like, okay, there's these thoughts. And what else is happening right now? What else is happening right now? And again, if the thoughts are so strong that it's not possible to be mindful, that's a good time to change the channel. Put your attention more clearly on some particular object and just stay there. But again, experimenting, playing, exploring whether it's possible to be mindful of these challenging states before you assume it's not possible. So let's let go of the words of the little Dharma talk. And just allowing there to be a relaxation of the body. May the body relax. Sometimes as the retreat progresses, I will just check in, you know, just do a quick check in about the outer muscles of the body, and then check in the inside. Can I relax the throat? Can the heart relax? Might the stomach and the intestines relax? And also checking into the face, relaxing the face. 
Those areas tend to be so responsive in both directions. If we relax those areas, it can really directly impact the mind, encouraging a relaxation of mind. May the mind relax. In this place of as much relaxation as is available in this moment, just noticing, are you aware? Simple, are you aware? Of what? What's obvious? Reminding yourself to be aware in this gentle, but persistent way. Just the lightest of touches, aware of what? opening to what is already happening. There's nothing that we need to create or do, really, to find objects, experiences. If we relax, experience will arise. Experience will come to us effectively.
We cultivate this gentle persistence. which will encourage a continuity of mindfulness. And the continuity of mindfulness itself begins to reveal more and more of what's happening. And so patience with the experiences. Just the simplicity of what's obvious right now in this mind and body. Nothing to create. Very little to do. No one to be. And recognizing for yourself if some experience is so strong that it is overwhelming the possibility of mindfulness. And re-grounding, reconnecting with some experience that's easy for you to connect with in that case, using some tools to work with difficulty. (laughs) 